Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 459. Terry Miller, the disc golf guy here with Johnny V. You are getting ready to go to Emporia. I'm a little bit jealous. It's not the same as the GBO that was always so exciting to go to, but the DDO, I've never been to a DDO. So no, why, you would, haven't. why wouldn't I want to go? And the weather, I wouldn't say it looks pleasurable, but. Uh, really? Uh, well, just hot and muggy. It's not, oh. su- it's not supposed to rain much. It's not, there's not a lot of wind. I saw, I think day one was the highest amount of wind at 15 miles an hour. Mm. And then it drops. But stagnant and humid and Love lower it. 90s. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. That sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, well, it, it should be exciting to head back there. And, uh, you know, we've seen the event played so many different in a, in a couple of different time frames, I should say. Typically, it's obviously was in April for quite a few years when we saw the GBO. Then it got moved back to when it became the DDO or Sorry, when the DDO existed, once COVID uh, allowed us to come back and they created the brand new event. So now it's pushed back a little bit more. Uh, yeah, whatever. I guess we're here for it. So you're, we're, we're trading. Like weather ever affects our disc golf tournaments. <laughs> Welcome, Evan Scott. Uh, so we're trading the wind for the heat is what it sounds like. Because mm. the, in April, it usually wasn't pushing 90 degrees. No. Um, but you had the opportunity for 30 mile an hour wins. It doesn't feel like we're getting that now. Instead, we're going to get the, well, we're, I'm putting that in big quotes because I won't be there. I'll be here watching. Yeah. What do you even do? Uh, this, nothing. this event, nothing, nothing, I'm literally doing do nothing. nothing, nothing, nothing. In fact, yeah. I'm going to be home all by myself. Like family's leaving me. as you should be. Wait, I don't know what that means. Uh, I didn't see nineties, but I guess we'll see. Uh, as I always say about weather. I'll believe it when I'm in it. That's mm. that's what I ultimately say. Um, but yeah, we're seeing a chance for scattered thunderstorms as of right now for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay, 86. That's pretty close. It says PM thunderstorms. Let, let's just say this. Right now it I, says Friday, scattered thunderstorms. Saturday, PM thunderstorms. And Sunday, isolated thunderstorms. 
it, it but may or I may did, not be. I looked at the thunderstorm when I was doing my skip ace prep. I needed to find out what the weather was going to be like. If it was going to be really windy, how it was going to go. It looked like it was like a half an inch of rain. So those thunderstorms might just be tiny bits of rain and it might be at night. But as you said, we'll figure it out when we're there. Yeah, it's Tuesday. So I'll believe it when I'm in it. That That's what's going to matter. And somebody who's in it to win it. Thunderstorms be damned. We're going to welcome in our champion from this weekend, Evan Scott. Hey, what's up? Hey, yeah. Evan. Welcome to the show. Thank Evan, you. I don't, I, I've, I've met you. I've followed rounds of your golf. I've seen, I've talked about you for a couple of years now since meeting you. Uh, this is Johnny V. You've probably never met Johnny V because he never mm-hmm. leaves the basement or does anything else useful. But uh, Johnny, that's Evan. <laughs> one of the many, one of the many superstars I talk I, of. I'm, I know. There's a, there's a, there's a lot. How often, isn't there an Evan Smith on tour as well? And how often yeah. do you get, how often do you get confused for Evan Smith? Uh, it's not not super often, but it's definitely okay. happened a couple of times. Okay, yeah, I think I'm guilty. Of I'm, that. I'm sure you I, are. Terry. I'm pretty sure I've <laughs> interchanged you two uh, with no disrespect to either of you, but I think I met you both pretty much at the same event down at Huck Central a couple of years ago. And that, and you were both playing in it, and you were both playing well. And I'm, yeah. I was getting myself confused. Uh, let let me give you a quick tip: update your UDisc picture because I think it's from when you were twelve. Uh, <laughs> it looks it looks pretty young. Uh, I think that was actually from the Huck Central that Terry was just talking. About. Okay, so there yeah, you go. That might be yeah, a couple years ago. Well, welcome yeah. into the show. Uh, we're seeing on UDisc world rank twenty two. Let's let's just start there. Your PDGA number is 89394, and when I say your UDISC world ranking is, I'm sorry, 32, how does that strike you? That's pretty cool, actually. I didn't even know that. Last time I looked, it was like 50 or something. Uh, (laughs) This weekend, uh, I'm sure, certainly helped your cause. It also shows on here, sponsored uh, by Discraft, along with Grip. Now, says turn pro in 2021 let's let's get over a few of the basics which is uh where you out of how old are you and then how did you get introduced to disc golf so i am uh, 18 years old i live in duncan south carolina which is up in the upstate like greenville spartanburg area Mm -hmm. and uh i started playing disc golf by one of my friends in fourth grade brought in some dave and busters minis to an indoor recess and we started like throwing them into buckets and we found out about disc golf like that wow uh throwing okay little dave and buster minis wow that's that's an interesting way to jump start a career now upstate yeah. uh disc golf south carolina uh wow just talk talk a little bit about or or maybe explain that area for someone who hasn't been there and what the disc golf scene is like there it's a really good place to like kind of learn how to play disc golf and come up and start a career just there's a ton of people, like even just my age, that are really good, and there's always a lot of really good competition there. We have a ton of good courses. It's a pretty great place for disc golf. Yeah, I think of uh, Ryan and and uh, and Brian and a few of the others that have just done so much in that area, and and I know Todd Lyon from the PDGA also in that kind of general area. Those are a few names I can just throw out off the top of my head. You probably have a dozen more, but describe the the golf that gets played in that area for for someone who maybe doesn't hasn't traveled there what's the what's the disc golf like and then what have you learned in in starting there uh the disc golf there is all almost all very wooded and just like a lot of a lot of shot shaping lots of trees so i think that's that's definitely the strong suit of my game which kind of comes from just that's how i learned how to play is throwing through trees what would you say is the most 
fun part of your game because you're clearly you've been you've been shown a number of times here on on Disc Golf Network and other social media of of banging some very long putts. What what is the most fun or rewarding part of the game for you? I would definitely say putting when it's good, but it's kind of <laughs> it's, it's worst thing when it's not good. <laughs> uh, who have you? You're of that age in that you've grown up seeing disc golf being on YouTube. Is there any player that you followed or emulated or really modeled yourself after in any, in any way, shape or form? Oh, when I very first started playing, it was definitely uh, Paul McBeth. I watched like watched a lot of old coverage of him. So um, that's kind of how I taught, I taught myself to play just watching YouTube videos, all the top pros from them, but probably McBeth mainly. Uh, And is it ever mattered I mean, of course, he, he just moved to Discraft a few years ago. That's who you're sponsored by. It, did it ever matter when it came to manufacturers? And and, and then the follow-up to that is, what was it about Paul that uh, drew you to him? Um, It was honestly just that the first video I ever watched was 2014 USDGC, and he mm-hmm. won. So that's ever since then, I guess I just decided I was a Paul Macbeth fan. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, clearly uh, the... Um, what he was throwing, it really didn't matter. How did it, how did it come about that you were sponsored by Discraft as opposed to any other uh, manufacturer? In uh, early 2021, Wes Shinovar hit me up about, uh, and he got me on the underground team. And so that was really my first like manufacturer sponsor. So I definitely took that and then went on to win Am Worlds that year and they put me on uh, the tour team. That's a pretty good way to jump up on the tour team. I'm not going to lie. We've, uh, for, for, I mean, for 20-plus years, we've said that usually you can look at the Am World's winner, and they're more than likely going to be a pretty solid pro, but it is almost a guaranteed way to get yourself a sponsorship. If you win Am World's, some team will pick you up. So, again, more proof. For sure. What has it been like, you know, having a title of that nature, but then also going out and and pursuing a professional career? Because as you just said, you're only 18 right now. What is what is that transition been like? What has that been you know that your your story been like? Honestly, it hasn't been like too wild to me just because ever since I started playing disc golf in fourth grade, it's been like my mind's been set that I'm gonna be a professional disc golfer. So it's just kind of like finally getting to watch it unfold's been pretty cool. All right. Well, let's get into a few basics or a few specifics, we'll say, from this weekend. First off, let's just start with tour life. Um what is your tour? I don't want to say schedule. What has your tour life been like? How did that decision come about? And what does your tour life look like? So uh, last year, me and my friend Jake Mon, we traveled around with our parents, like staying in hotels and Airbnbs on tour, kind of like the first year, just get the hang of it. And then over the off season, we got an RV and hit the road on our own. But it's a, uh, I've been loving it. It's really fun. And was it just a no brainer that? as many what playing probably as many eight tiers as you could, but then everything you could find in terms of the disc golf pro tour and uh, all the elite uh, level events where you, I mean, have you been seeking out only the best of the best events to try and make sure you play the last, the last two years? Yeah, for sure. I've been kind of like pushing some of the smaller tournaments to the side just to make sure I can get out and play, play the big ones, try to get my name out a little bit. So Johnny nor I have ever been, either in the state of Montana when we certainly neither have, have, uh, have we ever played in Montana. So break it down for us, your, your initial thoughts, your impressions, 
your practice? Like, what was that all like as you as you rolled into town? Uh, Montana's beautiful. That's one of my one of my favorite places I've ever been. And uh, the course is a lot of fun. It's a little more like woods course, not super tight, but uh, it's a whole lot. It's a change of pace from the golf courses we've been playing, which I like a lot. Uh, my only complaint about was the uh, the mosquitoes were horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, that I, I did see a little bit of that. What about the elevation and and how do you adjust to that? Um, I mean, I, South Carolina has I, I feel like plenty of elevation, right? Yeah, but I you're mean, but you're a sea level kind of guy. Yeah, like that's so, that, that's that's your home. That's your <laughs> standard, your home base. So yeah, what was the elevation adjustment like for you? So honestly, I never noticed any like difference in the elevation going to Montana. Like I played the three hundred three open earlier in the year in Denver, mm-hmm. and that one got there, and I I got out of breath really quick. My discs all were real stable, but I I really didn't notice any difference in anything in Montana. That golf course, that style of course, uh, is there anything else that you could liken it to or that you could compare it to? Or is everything just still relatively fresh for you? So every experience is kind of a unique and new one for you. I really can't relate that one to anything else. Like that, that is probably (laughs) the only like golf I've ever played before, but I I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, Did you have a favorite hole or favorite stretch out there at any point? I mean, obviously you had plenty yeah. of birdies, but was there any favorite stretch or, or set of holes out there? I like the end of that course a lot, like okay. especially, especially hole seven, big downhill one. But I thought including like 18 is a really cool finishing hole. I liked, I liked the end of that course a lot. So round one, uh, Johnny's got the numbers in front of me. Round one, uh, when you opened up, you uh, came in with an 11 under. Tied for the lead with yeah. tie what uh, yeah. how did you feel about that like when you put your head down on your pillow that night you shot 11 under uh it was it was bogey free what were your thoughts did it felt very repeatable to me just because like i i never really put myself in a bad situation i didn't feel like i was doing anything crazy to shoot that so i i was kind of con- that gave me more confidence just in the fact that it felt pretty easy and pretty repeatable and then round two Things are a little bit different with being, you know, fully on camera, you know, lead card. Obviously, there's always a conversation about uh, people maintaining their spots, you know, being in the spotlight, all of those types of things. What what types of pressures and you know, jitters, excitement, nervousness, whatever, what were you feeling before the round started in you know, round two? I said there were definitely like a little bit of nerves, but it was probably mostly excitement just because I, I knew I felt good about that course and I, I had good feeling that I was going to shoot another good round. So I was pretty excited to just go out there and get some birdies. Yeah, it looks like you had 10 of the same holes you birdied between the two <laughs> rounds. In yeah. second round, you added a bogey and then I think an extra birdie somewhere. But when you say repeatable, that's clearly the case. And I, I know this is all speculation, but going into the what would have been the third round, Still comfortable or different type of nerves going into going into what would possibly or be a final round or or did you go to bed thinking this round is there's a really good chance it's going to be canceled? Well, I had no clue it was going to get canceled. Like even all morning on Sunday, it was beautiful outside. I never that that thought never even crossed my mind that we wouldn't be playing. But I felt I still felt pretty confident about it. I was definitely a little more nervous than round two, just because that's the first time I've gone into a final round with a lead, especially like a four shot lead. But I still felt I still felt really confident about that day. I I think about 
the the uniqueness of having rounds canceled and having tournaments canceled, and obviously then there's a ton of chatter online that then unfolds. Well, let's break it down first before we even get to the chatter. What were what were the conversations throughout the day that were had? As you said, you woke up, it looked nice, it was beautiful. The women were out playing. We saw the women finish. We saw Kristen, you know, take it down. But what what kind of unfolded as the day went on? What were what was what were some of those steps? Uh, so I was uh I was just sitting like at the house we were staying at, getting ready to go, and all of a sudden I got a text from a uh, Brian Earhart saying that they just blew the lightning horn. So I started looking at the weather because I that surprised me, and then uh decided to go to the course anyway because I knew it had been delayed, but I just thought I should go ahead and get there just in case. And then we ended up sitting in the car for like probably an hour or so, just hanging out, slowly getting more and more news until. Finally, somebody came and said it wasn't going to happen. What was your initial reaction? Like, uh, hey, Evan, it's Terry. uh, Or, hey, uh, yeah, hey, Evan, it's Terry. Uh, We just canceled the third round. Like, what immediately, (laughs) yeah, what immediately, like, comes over you? Um, I was definitely pretty happy because, like, it's, it's pretty cool. Like, right there, I figured out, like, that I won. I knew, like, it was, it was done. I, it was pretty cool because I was hanging out, hanging out with a bunch of friends. Like Nico was there, Jake Kiebenheimer, AJ Carey. So like a lot of hugs, and it was it was pretty exciting. Do you feel? I, I'll say slighted, but do you feel slighted in the sense that it, it's kind of anticlimactic? Now, of course, you know I I'm, I know you're a competitor. You 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 would have been more than happy to go out and play and all that, and you very well could have won by four or six or ten. But there was no, like when you tapped in that putt on Saturday, you had no idea that was going to be your last putt of the tournament. There was no celebration. There's, you know, there's no anticipate other anticipation or, or resolution of you winning. Does it feel just in that sense, a little sad that you didn't have some of that hoopla to go along with it? I'd say a little bit, a little bit of that. Definitely. It would have been cool to have that like last putt in 18 with everybody there, but, uh, it's not not too bad. I, I was just gonna say, I, I I'll think, take the win every time. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. I, I'm not suggesting that you you should feel anyway. I just I it, it would just be different a, or odd. Yeah, it's a it's a completely different it. feeling because you're not surrounded by fans. You're not surrounded. It's you know you're instead you're in a you were in a small group of friends that got to celebrate. So it's actually a, a it's it's a different situation than almost any other player will ever get to experience that's true yeah uh, <laughs> um what's the i don't know how much you you get online i know you're on instagram but what's the dumbest <laughs> stuff that you've that you've seen as a result of this because there's a lot of dumb people saying a lot of dumb shit like a lot what's the what's the um, dumbest thing you've seen or read uh, just a couple people complaining about why they didn't push the final round back to monday okay i saw yeah, i saw I, I get why they think that, but we, we got to drive 20 hours to Emporia. Like we, we left Sunday night after that final round got canceled and we just got here like a couple hours ago. Okay. Yeah. So that probably the dumbest thing I saw. Yeah. And I get it. Uh, more and more people are saying there's more money. We have more professionals. We should be playing it out. I, of course this has been, you know, talked about for the last five years, uh, at yeah, least, at least I was going to say, as long as you've been alive, they've been talking about how tiebreakers should or shouldn't end, not tiebreakers, uh, you know, rained out rounds. 
And yes, of course, we do have more resources today than we ever have before. But at the same time, there's the drive. And then there's there's camera crews. There's volunteers. There's obligations. Park by, rentals. Uh, yeah, uh, by all these like other that. people that just aren't. That's not where disc golf is. Not yet. We're getting there, but we're not there yet. Do you think we'll see that day in your lifetime where this exact same scenario and and then you get the, the text or the follow-up email after they've canceled and said, Hey, play will resume at, you know, the same exact time 24 hours from now. Do you think you think you'll see that situation in your lifetime maybe? I think I think it would definitely happen in the future when there's like plenty more money, but I probably not anytime soon because you were mentioning like there's a ton of volunteers that have to be out there to make that tournament happen and they'll probably all have to go to work on Monday morning. But I think maybe maybe a long way down the road that could be the case. Yeah, that's a course particularly where I think spotters are probably <laughs> vital. Uh, honestly, yeah. those that could be five hour rounds without spotters because you, th- with the elevation that you're throwing at and the the type of woods, it could be very simple or easy to lose plastic, and then to have to hike back up or down. I no, yuck! I can't even imagine <laughs> yeah, I mean, how miserable that would be. Yeah, like hole one, you're throwing like straight just into the top of all the trees. You can't see anything. Mm-hmm. They had like three or four spotters down there, and we were still looking for discs. Yeah, that's uh, again, and those are just some of it. I mean, we're just scratching the surface. People have plane flights that are are scheduled either for a Sunday night or probably a Monday in this case. And and if you're in the middle of the the heat of the battle and you're in fourth place, of course you don't want to uh, have to change your plane flight. Or in your case, drive literally across country uh, and, and some yeah. of these other things. So it's incredible. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, your, your payout's the same as if you play two or three rounds, hopefully your bonuses are obviously are going to be the same and you have an elite series win on your resume. Uh, Or I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Silver. It is a silver. I apologize. You have a silver event win on your resume. Now it's, it's still a pro tour event, but it is considered a silver. Do you, is, is this just the evolution where you think next up, I care about a major or, an elite series or an elite series plus or an elite series playoff or whatever we're using. <laughs> is there, do you have a, you know, the next list? Bo- yeah. Box to check. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to get like an elite series or even maybe a major one day would be awesome, but it's good to check off silver series and then hopefully move on from there. What, uh, of all the events on the tour, not especially now that this is in your back pocket, but is there an event where you're like, you know what? in whether it's the it, this year or in 2024 and i said hey you know what evan i i can grant you a wish for one elite series win it's it's yours what one do you pick what one do you want the most i'd probably say gmc which i guess that's not even happening this year because worlds is there but that, that's my favorite place in the world for disc golf so i'd love to win there Oh, granted okay. next year Ding. Or, or you just win worlds <laughs> there this year and we kind of like killed like no, two birds i'm not gonna count stone. that Sorry. <laughs> That's not an elite series win, my friend. That's true. <laughs> Just That's a major. True. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Uh, w- so GMC, you're not going to be able to play, but you'll play Worlds there, obviously, later this year. Uh, w- what's the next event that you're, I mean, I'm sure you're looking forward to all of them, hopefully, but what's like the next uh, one that you're going to see yet this year that you're, you're really excited about or, or, you know, the anticipation's a little higher? I say preserve probably. I think that's maybe two weeks away, but yeah. uh, that's one of the few I've never been out there. I've never gotten to see that course. So I'm excited to go out and play there. 
Okay. Yeah. It, uh, you guys are in uh, Emporia this weekend. Next weekend is Des Moines. And then the weekend after that should be the Preserve. And the yep. Preserve, it's interesting you say that. What? Three I- straight weeks of elite series events that that that's quite a stretch normally we see it broken yeah. up by a silver event um but three straight elite series how do you how do you get yourself amped up for three straight weeks of of high intense competition not that silver event wasn't but it, it's it's a it's as we know better caliber of player you've got all the everybody shows up Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say like it doesn't feel too different in like preparation for me. I kind of do the same thing whether it's an A tier or a major, but uh, it's I guess maybe a little more like mentally taxing if I have to play the big tournaments like you're talking about for three straight weeks rather than getting that little break in between. Is preserve one of the few that you hadn't seen, or I mean, have you seen most of the tracks personally now uh, with your touring last year and whatnot, or? Or what else is going to be new to you this year? I'm trying. I think Preserve might be the only one. Oh, uh, the Discmania Open in Canada. We're going there. Okay. That's that's the other one. That'll be new sure. for quite a few people. Yeah, for so. sure. Really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'm looking at your schedule right now. Obviously, you're hitting the next three, as we say, and then you've got two silvers, which is Casey Wide Open, Mid America, uh, and then we go Ledgestone, LWS. I, which is idle wild for those of you that don't know. Oh, and then GLDGC or GLDGC, the, the GLO. I'm old. I'm sorry. Um, and those are three straight weeks as well. I didn't realize that we had yeah. three back to back weeks. Oh my gosh. So you've got a full. And D-Glow is four rounds out at the toboggan. Yes. Cause it's an elite series plus event or no, it's a playoff. Not elite series plus that one's a playoff event. It's can you keep them all straight? Can, can, can you keep them all straight as far as, Playoff Elite Series Plus, like do you do you have that kind of in in your pocket? Because I'm still having a problem. Yeah, I mean, I know I know which tournaments are like elites and which ones are silvers. I'm still like I couldn't tell you the order we're playing all the tournaments right now. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, you know you'll be there, right? Like you know, yeah. Where's hole one and what's the course record? Right. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, clearly, uh, being 18, just wrapping up with high school in the last year or two. W- is there any, um, I don't want to say concern. I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, do you have any uh, plan or aspiration or even thought of an online class or, or attending college or trying disc golf for a while? Or do you see disc golf exclusively as your full-time career or future? What's, what are some of your plans there? Um, I might be starting some like online college courses this fall, but I'm going to keep doing those like on the road, obviously. And I definitely see disc golf being a long-term career for me. Okay. What, what does interest you if, yeah, I always say if disc golf disappeared tomorrow or, you know, heaven forbid you broke your arm and you couldn't play anymore. What, what is like the next uh, most appealing or enticing uh, pursuit you would have outside of disc golf? That's probably something I need to start thinking about. Cause uh, somebody <laughs> asked me, like, I, I have no idea. No, you, no I'll, you don't. Honestly, you don't have to think about it. The, with the caliber of your play, you're a 1021 currently rated player. You've been going up pretty steadily. You just went up four points this last update, which was today. Today, um, I, I don't see a reason why you won't be on tour for the next ten years minimum. You know, and maybe at that point you need to start thinking about something. But yeah, oh, 
But what else interests you? Like, there's got to be some. If you were like, well, I I kind of like baseball cards. You know, I could be a a card shop owner, dealer, or or I'm into you know uh, small engines, and I I open a lawn repair business. I don't know. Like, what else interests you of any kind outside of disc golf? Anything? I play a little bit of a like ball golf on the side. Not as much since I've gone out on the road, but it's just something that I do for fun. I'm not great, but I'd, <laughs> okay. I'd say that. Okay, fair enough. Again, I'm I'm not suggesting or pressuring in any way. Uh, I just like to think about what else uh, could possibly pique your interest. What, do you see yourself, and I know this again, might be a long way out, or maybe not. Do you see yourself in any other capacity than a high-level player within disc golf, as in? Uh, promoter, you know, media, team manager, uh, you know, any, any other kind of, yeah, media obligation, instructor, trainer, whatever, any, anything else interest you? If I was going to do anything else other than like player and disc golf, I'd for sure want to do course design. Like I, mm. I think I can do pretty well. That. I've, I've only designed, like I helped design one course near me, but uh, I, it was a lot of fun. I think I could be pretty good at that. That's, that's a great, answer and obviously we're going to continue to get more and more courses do you feel drawn to any particular designer could you know when you step on a course or you get done with 18 holes and you're like man i really love those chuck kennedy designs or i love those john hauk designs or emac or, or emac or avery jenkins do, does any of do you feel that or not really not really because i i really don't know who's designed most of the courses i've played. <laughs> okay okay <laughs> So the, the 20 hour drive from Zootown to Emporia, how do you split that up? Do you, do you half uh, and half? Do you just, do, does one of you power through it as much as you can? Is it, Hey, I won. You get to drive punk. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I'd say it's pretty much half and half. It's just like, I'll, I'll drive until I'm bored or I'm tired and then we'll switch off, take some naps in between, but it's pretty much 50, 50. So, what is your RV van life, you know, like in terms of, you said it's you and Jake, you guys went in on this together. Uh, what, what do you have in terms of the vehicle? And then is that your, your primary sleeping quarters for both of you? Yeah, we, uh, so we have a, a 24 foot class C RV, but okay. it's a, uh, we've stayed almost every single night we've been on tour and it's, it's honestly been pretty good. Like there's a couple things like, you can't really take long, hot showers. Like there's, there's a couple of things that aren't perfect about it, but I, I like it a lot. It's definitely the best option for us right now. What's been the, I, I know you just mentioned, you know, a long, hot shower, but what's been the most, we'll say surprising thing since you've got the RV, you've been on the road and you're like, Oh man, I, we never thought of blank. What would that be since being out on the road? Definitely a washer and dryer. Mm. I uh, I kind of guess I took those for granted my whole life because it's hundred <laughs> mat every week. <laughs> uh, were you were you already frequently doing your own laundry, or was that was mom or dad usually helping with that before? I mean, I would I would do it most of the time, but like it'd just be walk downstairs and throw it in the washer, not yeah. get everything together, make sure I have everything, and drive out to a laundromat where you have to sit for two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a job I'd want, but there's somewhere has to be a a career or an opportunity for somebody that goes around and then gets pros laundries done. Cause we have so many of them. And there's so many vans like that. You could honestly, 
you it's know, a service get, every yeah, Monday. Every Monday you show up to the course, you pay someone 10 bucks, they grab your laundry, walk it, and they come back, you know, four, five, six hours later. I, I'm on record as saying I missed when I first moved into a house, I missed the laundromat because I'm the type of person that would let my laundry go for way too long. And then you only have one washer and dryer. So you're doing it all day. I would let my laundry go way too long when I was in college and then bring it all to the laundromat. It's still two to four, two to three hours. So I, to this yeah. day, I, I still have uh, <laughs> and the laundromat was always a nice time because it was, it was relatively quiet. It was peaceful. You're by yourself. You know, it's a little bit of time for reflection. Yeah, but these kids have stuff to do now. Not I know they, can, they do. Not they can, we couldn't play on our phones in college. No, we couldn't. They had to bring a book <laughs> or something. Uh, if you are unwinding, maybe I'll go there. If you're trying to re- relax or just zone out, so it doesn't even have to be relaxing, but you're just trying to like check out what are, what are some of the things that you do, uh, electronic-related or otherwise? Um, I like to watch, like we watch TV a lot in the RV. Okay. So I, I'd say like, that watch TV, hang out, not do too much if I'm trying to chill out. What are you watching? Yeah. Like, what was the last great thing you watched? Right now, we, uh, we're we on, like, season two of Breaking Bad. Never Ooh. seen that before, but it's pretty good so far. I like it okay. a lot. Oh, it gets really good. Yeah, it yeah. does. That Okay. okay. All right. That's great. That's and that's good, you for, new for series. both you and Jake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. So you're already through the RV part in in Breaking Bad, and you already know. Yeah. <laughs> you're looking around the RV like, hmm, what can I make? But probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, don't start making any drugs. That's probably not a good idea. Uh, have you had, uh, we'll, we'll all knock on wood maybe, cross our fingers here, but have you had any significant RV challenges? Um, yeah, any, any not- breakdowns or anything? Not since we've been on the road, but uh, when we bought it, we found out like a week later that before they sold it to us, somebody stole the catalytic converter off of it. So we had to like bring it back and obviously like insurance or warranty paid for all of that. Mm-hmm. But that was a little bit of a hassle. But since it's, it's been all good since we came out on tour. Where often, uh, I'm not trying to dox you or spook you out, but where where do you guys find yourself setting up more often than not? Is that RV parks? Uh, you know, Walmart barrels, parking lots, Walmart. Cracker Barrel. Like, wh- where's the most common, you know, easiest place for you guys to kind of set up for a night? I'd say maybe like half the tournaments were in like a campsite or an RV park, which that's mm. definitely ideal situation. And then the other half will either be on site whenever the tournament allows that. That's great. And then other than that, we stayed in a couple Walmarts, stayed in some Cabela's parking lots. Yeah, so Walmart's always kind of been famous for for the most part allowing. Not everyone, they they are individual uh, and sometimes say no. But Walmart's usually one of the most famous, and I think Cracker Barrel, like you just said. What are some of the other Cabela's? Is that kind of a known uh, one of the known stops? Are there any others out there? Honestly, those three are the only ones that I know of. Like if we if we just need somewhere to stop for one night, like while we're traveling, we we look for like a Walmart or a Cabela's first, just because those are real easy. Okay. And do you ever, do you, let's just say it's two in the morning, you pull into some random town, it's a Walmart. Do you just then, because maybe there's probably other RVs or semis there, you just assume you're good to go there. You don't call ahead or anything, do you? No, we don't call ahead, especially (laughs) like you pull in at two in the morning. Like we get in real late, normally leave pretty early in the morning. So we've never had an issue with it. Okay. Yeah. And again, I only know that because one day I remember looking it up. And they, you know, basically said, yeah, we more or less have a standing rule, but any individual Walmart may not allow it. 
but I, I, I would assume those are far and few between. Um, mm. How did you guys decide on that RV? You know, the size, the price, the, you know, the power, the consumption, whatever. What, what, like, what were some of the decisions that led you to that exact purchase? Uh, honestly, we went to the, uh, we went to the local RV dealer at home. He showed us like four or five of them. And we pretty much just like picked that day. There wasn't like a whole lot of thought. Kind of, We looked it up earlier in the off season, decided kind of like that we wanted to get like a little smaller class C. Cause this is the first time like driving anything bigger than like a truck. And especially now we're towing a, uh, towing a Jeep behind it. So didn't want to get anything like. T- wow. I didn't know that you guys are towing a Jeep behind as well. Oh yeah, that was the best decision we ever made to get that tow bar. Really? It's a uh, like the first Texas swing. We only had the RV, and that got really annoying really fast to have to like pack it up and drive it anytime we just needed to go five minutes down the road. Wow. Okay, so break down that decision. Was it one of was it your or his vehicle already, or did you guys and did you split that, or what was? How did the Jeep come into play? Uh, the Jeep was. Uh, Jake's parents got it for him when he got his license. So that was already his car. So we just, we kind of decided we're going to take the Texas swing and decide if it was going to be worth it to buy the tow bar. And after those three weeks, we decided it definitely was and went ahead and bought that. And that was, that was the best money we ever spent. So you took this from Texas, obviously you did the entire West coast swing, California, Portland, Missoula, all that, all towing a Jeep behind with you, huh? Mm-hmm. What I think the first question everyone then asks is what is, what is your gas mileage like? What is how how good is that for you? It's not great. We get like nine miles a gallon, so it's it's not the worst, but it's definitely not ideal. Yeah, I was gonna say eight is for some reason the number I had in my head. So you were better than that by one. What? Uh, now that go ahead. It's it's not now we got out of, we got out of the West Coast. We're not paying like four fifty for gas anymore, so it's it's not too bad now. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit easier. And like you said, you probably jump in the Jeep then and go everywhere once you get basically set up. Yeah, the oh. RV doesn't move all. I, I've been driving longer than you've been alive for quite a while now. Yeah. I can't fathom just learning that, especially maybe at your age. Uh, obviously, you guys are, are very skilled that you've made it this far doing a good job with it. But what what is that learning curve like? If somebody's out there thinking, yeah, yeah, here's what I want to do. I want to get an RV, a 24-foot RV, and then I'm going to tow a, a Jeep behind. Like what, what, words of, of, ugh, what words of advice would you be giving them? It's honestly a lot easier than you would think. You just like, you got to get used to it at first, take turns wide hit the brakes a little earlier, but it's, there's not much to it, especially once most of, most of our driving is just all in the interstate. So yeah, you don't okay. even notice. How- what's, what's been, do you have any road stories of, of good or bad or crazy or uh, yeah, any kind of road stories when you're talking about, you know, uh, a setup that large? So when we, uh, I think it was after we left Denver, after three or three open, we were driving to a uh, Stockton for OTB and it was real late at night, and the when we towed the Jeep, it's got these like supplemental brakes so that the Jeep brakes are also being used, so you're not just wearing down the RV's brakes. Mm. And that kept messing up. Like every time we would put, we would start driving the RV, the the whole like monitor would start going nuts, and we probably had to stop like four times in thirty minutes off the side of the road and try to trying to fix that. But we finally got it figured out. Like the brakes on the Jeep were somewhat like applying themselves. 
when you weren't trying to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. There's like a, like a break board that kind of cuts it off. If something goes wrong, it'll tell you that like, yo, you need to stop. And that just kept going off. We couldn't figure out what was wrong, but the Jeep, like the Jeep brakes would just be like hitting themselves. You could feel it pulling the RV. Ooh. So that was, that was a little scary at first, but it, it wasn't too bad. Uh, was it just a, a, some kind of then mechanical glitch or something that was the, an easy fix for it? Yeah, it ended up being a pretty easy fix. There's the, we just had to unplug and plug some back in. Oh. When in doubt, reset, Re- right? Reboot. That's reboot. what I tell everybody. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. As if you're not frustrated enough by nine miles to the gallon, the last thing you need is is the uh, the car behind you also slowing you down while you're doing it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, we'll start to wrap up for you because I know you got a big week. I'll be seeing you down there in a few days, but uh, let's talk a little bit about maybe uh, some of the, the discs and the support that you have that's, you know, helping put you out on the road. Uh, talk about your sponsors and, and who they are and what they mean to you. Uh, so my sponsors are Discraft, Grip Bags, and uh, Drive Bags, which is like a chalk bag company. And they've all, they've all been awesome all year. So like, we've got, we still got some fundraiser discs me and Jake got at the beginning of the year. So like any, if you see us in person, you can, uh, I'll hook you up with some of those, but that's, uh, that's about it for those. Uh, hmm. What else could you use in terms of sponsorship? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing you'd love like Bucky's to, you know, drop a few, $5,000 gift cards your way, but what, what kind of sponsorship types of needs? Is there any, any other void that you have? I think of sunglasses, shoes, you know, whatever. Is there anything else that you you're open to the idea of, of representing? Not anything that I really feel like I need, but I always thought like maybe, maybe like a shoe or a towel sponsor would be cool. Okay. Okay. I like it. That makes perfect sense. And share as you will, but did you and Jake set up, I mean, is there, is there a shared fund that you guys both feed into? Is it kind of who's being more successful on any given weekend? How do you guys do again, share what you're comfortable with, but how do you guys do finances? Yeah. Some of your finances or, or is it entirely, you know, separate and yeah, you go your ways. It's all, uh, we don't have any sort of like shared account, but it's all like 50, 50. So I fill up gas and next one same with groceries and anything else okay what have you learned about jake being on the road (laughs) so much more with him in the last few months honestly i haven't really learned anything new like we we've gone to school together since we were two years old oh so not not much left to learn (laughs) (laughs) i didn't i didn't realize you guys had known each other that long so you guys have both uh come up playing together and whatnot uh and no additional strain on a French. I mean, that's a long time to know each other. I mean, I've known Johnny a long time. I'm sick of him. So that's why I ask, is there any additional strains or challenges? I mean, there's obviously been like a couple of arguments, but nothing, nothing bad at all. Like it's, it's honestly been good all year. Good, good. And I, I'm not, I'm not digging cause I want one, but it, it's good to hear. I mean, that's a lot of time in a vehicle with someone, you know, and, and you guys are ex- experiencing some of your highest highs and probably some of your lower lows when it comes to being competitive, you know, athletes out there. And I could see how that could uh, be challenging. Now we saw a dog earlier. Uh, give us the scoop on the dog. Oh, that's not our dog. That is a uh, Onyx. That's AJ and Dean Carey's dog. We're, uh, <laughs> okay. we're 
night while they went out to dinner. Oh, all right. Dog sitting. Nice. Okay. Well, that's, is that common? You is like that scenario of, of watching each other's dogs and, and that type of thing. Is that somewhat common on the road? We've watched, we've watched over Onyx a couple times. Not, well, not all the time, but I, I like having him in here. He's, he's, he's fun to hang out with. Any chance you guys will uh, add an animal of any kind to the, uh, to the mix? No, probably not. I like, <laughs> I like playing dogs. I don't want to have to deal with it. I, I, I hear you. Good plan. This just oh. good dog without having to laugh after him and everything. <laughs> Um, do, do, will we expect to see, and if, and if the answer is no, we're going to apply some pressure now. Are we expecting to see some kind of, uh, congratulatory or, or uh, commemorative disc or release or anything like that from any of your sponsors? What's, is there, is there a plan there? I think I'm supposed to be getting, um, getting some commemorative discs from Discraft. I'm not honestly sure how much of that I'm allowed to talk about though. Okay. But they better do it, damn yeah. it. Well, I'm, no, saying we can, I'm saying I'm saying we that. can talk all we can we advocate about for it. you. That's great. I mean, <laughs> you can sit there and we can tell, you know, the guys over at Discraft. Bob, listen, get on it. Listen, Mr. Julio. Yeah. Just just a few hundred of, of the 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 crystal flex buzzes that are extremely rare or something. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. The, the ten year the ten year anniversary edition. Give give us your your workhorses. Give us your top two or three discs that led you and assisted you this weekend? Um, I'd say number one would have to be uh, the like hardline putter plastic roach. Just got putted real well this weekend, so that's what I'm putting with. And then uh, through the Venoms a lot. I got like three ESP ones in the bag. I've been loving those. You throw those better than Anthony Brella himself? You did no? this weekend? I guess this weekend, yeah, I did. Uh, wow, I wish I could fired. throw... Fired! <laughs> I wish I could... I wish- like 600 feet. <laughs> well, you you apparently got it done. No, no matter how far they went or not, it was enough to get it done to have a four-stroke lead going into what would have been the final day. And, uh, Evan, I just got to say, it's it's been awesome, you know, watching you perform the way you have. And, and again, I always, always talk about that Huck Central experience and, and all the people that I saw there and then being at Huck Central this year and being down in Florida, a few events. And I, I fair or not, I lump about 10 of you together <laughs> in that, like you're in the 17 to 22 range and you're all like, you're our next, you know, generation of superstars. And, uh, you're clearly putting a, a, a checking off one of the boxes this weekend with a silver event win. So we really appreciate you joining us tonight. You got anything you want to say to anyone out there before we let you go? Um, not, uh, just thank my sponsors, Discraft, Grip, and uh, Drive Bags. Sorry, I got people, like, knocking on my window out uh-oh, here. Uh-oh, who's, who's uh, hassling you out there? Are you at the RV park uh, in Emporia? Yeah, it looks like a <laughs> – you guys want to say anything? Hi. Hi, <laughs> Jake. Hey going. Jake, what's up, Jake? Oh, I just want to say I'm I'm better at Evan than Mario Kart. Uh, he mentioned that last night on the Nick and Matt show. Okay, but I'm better. Oh, I just which one, everybody? Which Mario Kart? Where are we talking? Like 64, Wii U, Switch? Like which one do you guys roll with? Uh, Mario Kart A and just the like OG Mario Kart. Oh, the OG one. Okay, on, I'm I'm better. Okay, I mean Johnny V. If he ever sees you in person, he's gonna he's gonna challenge you guys. I'm gonna put my money on Johnny. 
He's not beating you on the course, but he might beat you on in Mario. Yeah. I'll I'll probably beat you at Mario Kart, but not on the course, most certainly. <laughs> I see the Dan, I yeah. see AJ. Is that everybody? Awesome. Hopefully they come get their dog. Yeah. <laughs> Who else is out there? I guess the dog's out there too. Okay. Uh, seriously though, uh, Evan, congratulations on this weekend. Uh, awesome to see. We wish you the best of luck this weekend coming up, uh, down there at, uh, at the DDO. And, uh, as I said, I'll be seeing you when I get down there, I start my drive tomorrow and, uh, we'll see you out there and best of luck. So thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I had a good time. Of course. Thanks a lot, Evan. All right. We're better than Nick and Matt. See you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Oh, it, it, we're gonna start a Nick and Matt uh like oh yeah like a brawl or yeah, uh, definitely you know, a rivalry beef with them. I'm actually funny thing. Uh, my wife just started watching the, the she, Netflix. She started watching beef. the Nick and Matt. Show yeah, it was awkward. It was awkward <laughs> last night. I was that's, like, that's no, probably she, a good call. There's a there's a Netflix series called Beef, <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's pretty good so far. We've worked a few. I think we got two or three episodes in. It was fun, but yes, we're gonna start a beef with the Nick and Matt show. Oh, that's a good call. I think we should. Uh, did did I see? Nope. I think I did. Uh, uh, Statmando Evan. I think I saw got married this weekend. So Evan, if I'm not making that up and if I'm in remotely uh, talking about the right stuff, which I'm pretty sure I am. Congratulations to you. Uh, I think that's where I saw. That's good for him. Uh, yeah. Matt, I think, was dressed up and was at the nuptials or something. And I'm pretty sure I saw Evan. I think it was Evan getting married. I'm pretty sure it was. So congrats. That's awesome. Uh, let's, uh, we'll save it for the after show. Uh, I was going to say we could get into some other stuff, but let's, yeah, let's, let's go through let's the results for Zootown. Obviously our guest tonight, winner Evan Scott shoots a 23 under par, probably one of the best money per shot ratio that we're going to have this year yeah yeah second place clay edwards third place a tie with mr anthony brella and ty love fifth place we got james conrad and dallin blanchard seventh place jake mon we just saw tied for eighth nico colton ezra robinson and kevin jones and gannon burr that basically rounds out your top 12 and right you now. uh just think like that rv not so bad this weekend no uh, first jake and having, seventh. yeah jake having a great weekend as well so congrats to those guys that's a that's a nice weekend and an fpo no shock kristen tatar who kristen tatar Terry. Ah, kristen i heard tatar. of her yeah so have i because she wins everything <laughs> she <laughs> they got to play what all- does that make her six for eight this year six for nine something like that i think she was five for eight at portland so if my math's right uh, she won since portland no this is the first this time. is the next one after portland <laughs> she so probably check- won something else in between that we um, don't even know about now i think that makes her six for i guess i could just click on her profile but you could i think that makes easy. her six for nine nine starts this year six wins that's not, too shabby. not a bad bad year kristen star wins with by four strokes over missy gannon uh third place katrina allen fourth place sarah hokum Fifth place, Stacey Haas. Sixth place, Stacey Ronsley. Seventh place, Sayananda. Eighth place, Holly Finley. And a tie for ninth between JK, Juliana Corver, and Erica Stinchcomb. So there's your top 10 for FPO. But Terry, there's more. 
No. We've got a couple other events that went on this weekend. Okay. So we had a silver event. Overseas, there were two big events. There was a Euro Tour event, and there was a uh, PDPT event, which is basically the Finnish Tour, the Prodigy Discs Pro Tour. Real quick, we'll talk about... I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm sorry. That's this weekend is the Prodigy. Um, hold on. I got to go back because it clicked off of it. No, 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 no. It was the stone. No, where is it? Crap. <laughs> you disc. Why are you wrecking me? I had it. I had it open. The Pro Forest was, the Pro Forest was played this weekend. Yes. And the Nokia Open. Yes. Both of them. So we had a European Open, an EPT, I'm sorry, Euro Tour, and a silver event. Gosh, they wrecked me with the, with the with thing. When you click on it, it didn't stay where it was. Mm. So let's talk real quick about the Nokia Open. This was the EPT event, the European Pro Tour event. Over in Nokia, Finland, obviously the same. This is on a modified version of the Beast. Not quite exactly what we uh, see at the Nokia Disc Golf Park. Okay. And winning this one in... Terry, why don't you take FPO? Uh, looks like Heidi or Heidi Laine, uh, Olivia Kinstedt, and Silva Sarnen uh, were your top three. So congratulations, uh, Haiti taking it down by seven. So uh, yeah, a solid. significant yeah, margin of victory there. Uh, over on the MPO, Lori Lettinen wins in MPO. Daniel Davidson in takes second, tied with Maury Vielman. Now, Maury was on pace to win, and he took a triple bogey on the 14th hole to more or less knock him out. He lost by one stroke, and then he birdied out. Yeah, I was watching wow, scores, ouch. and it was ouch. like, okay, he was up there. He, I think he was maybe tied for the lead or something along those lines, and then he gets to the 14th hole, and he takes a triple, and I was like, oh, that just knocked him out of the chance for the win, and I kind of stopped paying too much attention. I was paying attention to uh, the Macbeth one over, uh, in Croatia. over in Croatia at the Pro Forester, and then I come back and look, and I'm like, holy crap, he only lost by one because he ended up birdieing the last four holes. So amazing by Mari. Uh, his rating jumped like 20 points. Mm. I think he went from like 1,004 or something along the lines to like 1,020 or 1,021. Not Statmando. I'm not going to look up the exact things. But it was, a, it was a huge jump. He's been playing out of his mind. So now we're going to go over and talk about the Pro Forester, which is the one that Paul Macbeth played. Now, this was the very first stop on the Euro Tour, and I got a chance to watch live, which nobody else did because you don't have access to the back end of the Pro Tour mm. stuff, where they were doing a test uh, stream for future Euro, Euro Tour events. Let me say, it looked really good. Okay. Uh, but winning this one was Paul McBeth. No shocker. He comes out and beats the field by eight strokes uh, over Jakob Samarad. Third place, Mr. Scott Stokely, who has a really good weekend. And then fourth place was Silver Lot. So that was your top four over at Pro Forester in MPO. And in FPO, a brand new name, which is Marion Must, wins in FPO by a single stroke over Andrea Bernac. And in third place, Brigitte Vieter. Nailed it. I think so. I like it. I think so. So those are your big three events this past weekend where we saw people literally all over the world playing disc golf and, and some of them winning. 
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. As we say a lot, the rumors of Paul Macbeth's demise a little bit uh, squashed again when he comes out and shoots like a 1070 rated round. Oh, but he was overseas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just because we saw last week at the Estonia Open, Paul played miserably. Yes. And then he comes out this week and he dominates. Yeah. And just, you know, of course, the part of the narrative that people will throw out there is that the field wasn't as strong there. Who cares? As it was (laughs) at some of our pro tour, our regular elite pro tour events. I continue to say, hey, you can, the, the, the ratings are, again, just one little snapshot. They're not the end-all, be-all, but the ratings do tell a little bit of a story, at least in some of the, the caliber of golf that's played. And then I always follow that up with, you can only beat the people who show up that play in the tournament that are in your division uh, for all the rounds that are offered. That's all you can do, <laughs> right? Like, just like no yeah. one should hold anything against Evan uh, for what he did. You can only beat the people that show up and play the rounds that are offered. Yeah, Paul shot exactly 1071, 1063 and 1071. Sure, I know, which is obviously solid golf. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, but I'm just saying it's yeah. not like it's, it you know, it wasn't a, a an a 1080 average weekend. It was solid golf. It won uh it won he won. It it won him. <laughs> that would I, I bet <laughs> you eight. that rating wins uh would win DDO this weekend. Hmm. That that would be an interesting side note. Just, so what does that average out to? Uh, uh, uh looks 67, like 1068 or so. 10, yeah, probably around 1068. Rough math tells us. That sounds about right. About right. what would I? Th- I think that'll be. I think, you that think that'll win. do it. I think that'll win DDO this weekend. All right. Well, I guess all we can do is wait and see. We can just wait and see, and we'll forget so, about it by next week. So. Probably. So one of you needs to remind us, Tim. You're the most responsible one on the board. <laughs> remind us next week if uh, 1068 golf average wins DDO. Uh, yeah, I mean, Paul made a post. Of course, he's in the story because he is part of a story because he did play so poorly in Estonia, which he very much owned up to on social media. He then, I think I saw him make a post say, I had two of one or two of my best practice days I've had in years. Things felt great. And then I think it was the very next day he went out and shot the hot round at the event. So uh, sometimes we know he can play with a chip on his shoulder. And a lot of our players can, you know, different things get different players fired up. Look at Eagle McMahon. I mean, what a what a story there with not cashing at OTB to come back seven days later and win a very difficult BSF. So different things get different people going, and uh, we'll see how sustainable is it. Who knows? 
um, you know, clearly he's looking for a little boost of confidence as well uh, at this at this point, I'm sure. So uh, and we can't say enough, probably, about Scott Stokely. In his 50s, over there, obviously, he's been on tour. I saw multiple uh, events over in Thailand earlier this year. He's fully dedicated to what he's been doing uh, literally all over the world. It's insane uh, and awesome. And, and I was talking to somebody this weekend about forget the golf, forget the finishes, forget the money that he's donating when he wins every single penny he wins. He's just donating to a local charity or organization anyway. Forget all of that. This man is traveling around the world and just living life. And if that's not payment enough, I don't know what the hell is. Like it's, it is, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not jealous, but I, I do very much appreciate and respect uh, the experiences that he's having. Cause I've had the tiniest, tiniest sliver of what he's doing this year. And I love the heck out of it. So it's, it's awesome to see. And Scott Stokely's classes online are available as well. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you you want to call it cheesy I, or not? He makes a post and says, "Hey, I just finished on the podium internationally behind you know Paul McBath and, and, and Yakub." Yep, and then goes on to say, "Hey, I I do offer training sessions, and you could maybe roll your eyes, but not because clearly he's doing." things that lead him to success. And he's been doing it for decades. It's not like he just made up this class overnight after he performed well one weekend. One of the things that surprises me most about Scott Stokely is not only his age at which he's doing it, but his health. He's never injured. You don't hear him talk about like, oh, my shoulder, my elbow, my back, my... Like, he's just... Whatever he's doing has shown to be repeatable. If there is... Someone, and I'm not getting paid for this yet, Scott, send me a check. I would think about wanting to learn from, it might be Scott. Whatever he seems to be doing seems to be working in the long run. So I just take that, yeah. that with a grain of salt. Uh, we talked about, we talked to Evan Scott here. He was your 2021 amateur world champion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He got himself a major. We had another major awarded this past weekend. The 2023 PDGA U.S. Amateur Disc Golf Championship was played over in Wixom, Michigan. At the famed toboggan. Ryan Mulder, congratulations. You are a major winner. There was a really nice post uh, about him and his dad celebrating. His dad looks about our age, <laughs> which makes hurts a little yeah, bit inside. That makes sense. I mean, he's because he's fifteen. <laughs> I know, and I've so got a, he, yeah, yeah. And you, I've got a fourteen year old. I've so. got a thirteen year old. My God! Um, congratulations, Ryan Mulder, on a seven stroke victory at a major. That that's nothing to scoff at. He is currently nine ninety rated, and he's you said fifteen. Fifteen. Another name that your people are going to be on the lookout for in the next three to four years. He'll be, he'll, I'm sure he'll be on this show, just like Evan was, and we'll be talking about his uh, his US ADGC and maybe, depending on what happens, maybe a, an AM World's Championship too. I don't know what his schedule looks like. Could probably look. And I was see. just going to say it's a click away. It was actually two clicks, but okay. <laughs> uh, he is playing in the 2023 PDG Amateur World Disc Golf Championships. Yes, so we'll we'll see him at Worlds. And then he's playing the DGPT later this year, so this might officially be his season 
Yeah, this is likely his last run at all am events. He's played in MPO and he's declined cash more than once in MPO this year. Uh, he is a he's out of Indiana, and I heard stories. I've heard stories <laughs> about just how far he throws, how good he is, how dedicated he is, and, and I'm not. Uh, I'm not talking about Carter Aaron's here, <laughs> although I could copy and paste a lot of what we heard about Carter and his work ethic, his passion, uh, long drives, great putting, all that stuff. Uh, someone told me he was putting 2,000 putts a day, which made oh. my arm just hurt just thinking about it. But slow down when, when when you are that age and you're you know loving life and you want to get better, you you find a way you. We could probably find a way to do it. Doesn't sound appealing at this age, but uh, yeah, he's he's. I don't know grinding. if I have two thousand putts left in my body, <laughs> much less. <laughs> well, if you made more of them, then you'd have even less to then have to I, take after, right? I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> if you, anyway, uh, so hats off, uh, congratulations, uh, Ryan. It, as Johnny just said, I'm sure we're going to be seeing and talking to you more. Uh, we just saw that your schedule for the rest of this year in terms of you playing in a bunch of amateur events and then being at Ledgestone on the pro side uh, obviously makes perfect sense as well. Again, with school and everything else, I'm sure his his uh, schedules is skewed in that in that way. But I'm thinking Ledgestone's obviously going to be if offered yeah, cash. At Ledgestone, I'm I'm going to mm-hmm. go ahead and take a bet that he's going to be taking that. More yeah. than likely. It and as of insane. right now, he doesn't have to worry about school. Welcome That's to, what I'm saying. Welcome yeah. to summer. Uh, real quick update. He was 990 this weekend. I'm assuming this weekend's uh, stats also got pulled into the ratings update that took place earlier today. He's now officially 994. So, Ryan, congratulations. Uh, who else were the top uh, three, Johnny? Let's read them off quick. Uh, the other players, Tanner Boggs. Takes second place by losing by seven strokes. And Wade in sides. Okay. Is third place tied with Danny Moynihan. So those are your those are your top three places. Um all all those guys are, you know, 990, 987, 983, 985, whatever they're at right now. This just shows me what they were literally this past weekend. Uh Take a look again. Look at the last. Did you happen to see who Evan Scott beat at Am Worlds? Who number two was? I don't know. I had it up, so I didn't know if you looked. Mm, I didn't look. Uh, twenty twenty one. Um. Um. No, I, I don't. Bobby know. B. Robert Burridge, ah, another okay, player okay. that we've been talking about on sure, on sure. the tour. Like these, these are the names. These are the names you need to learn now because they will they will be on your tongue in the future. Okay, nice work. Congrats. Congrats. Congrats to the team. I I, I will fully admit I didn't get a chance to see uh, the media that was produced from that event either. However, uh, it looked like they dealt with some rain. And I did get a text from uh, Felix over at Ace Run this weekend. Oh, and uh, I know he was one of him and Conrad were you know two of the workhorses behind the coverage out there this weekend. And I got a text at one point saying, uh, "You sir are crazy that you did three rounds out there, but then also had that seven hole playoff last year <laughs> where you played one seventeen and eighteen, one seventeen eighteen, 
uh, and then back down to one again, uh, and then had to walk back up that damn hill. No, but uh, it's, and they dealt with rain. So again, thank you to all the crews out there making, making coverage happen, including the, you know, everyone over there in Missoula and beyond as well. So it uh, makes for some long weekends. Yes, the golfers have their jobs, and the cameramen, I wasn't one this weekend, but the cameramen certainly uh, are, are doing work out there, so we appreciate it. Toboggan is known as a very hilly course, but probably not as hilly as the High Plains Challenge out of Fort Morgan, Colorado. The Mile High Disc Golf Club puts this one on. Winning is Joel Freeman, Colorado native. Second place, no surprise, Joe Revere, who could be playing in the Masters division. Saying congratulations, who's still rated 1032. Third place, Connor Rock. Fourth place, Paul Barsic. And fifth place was Tyler Liebman. Congratulations to the top five there. And your FPO champion, Sammy Joe Guerrero. Congratulations to Sammy Joe out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. That is your High Plains Challenge sponsored by Discmania. And I think we have one more A tier we need to talk about the SeaTac Takeoff 2023. That's the final A tier over in SeaTac, Washington. Winning in the MPO division was Kyle Crabtree. Second place, Chandler Fry, tied with Kirby Snyder. Fourth place, Alex Olson. And fifth place, Alan Wagner. The FPO side, I saw this. This was spoiled for me. Thanks a lot to social media. Ella Hansen wins in FPO over Allison Maybutt. Uh, also, I believe from, is Allison from Washington? She yeah, is. She's she in is. Kingston, okay. Washington. I believe I'm, uh, I just knew that her. off the top of my head. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm, I'm trying to remember when I just saw her. It was at... Uh, uh, the Beaver State Fling. Uh, we did have a couple of other uh, A-tiers, uh, at least one more that I do want to quickly touch on. It was only a two-day A-tier, which is somewhat unique, but they played uh, probably 27 holes or 24 holes, 27 holes each round. So they still played 54 mm. holes spanning two days, uh, a minimum for those that uh, care out there. As far as I last checked, you need to play a minimum typically of 54 holes to be an A-tier uh, unless your round gets rained out, uh, but you have to play 54 holes, but they do two rounds of 27 over there uh, at Blue Ribbon Pines, affectionately known as good old BRP. And taking it down, Dr. Smooth, Kale LaVisca uh, took it down over Casey White, Garrett Everson finished third, Paul Paul Omen in fourth, and Calvin Longquist finishing tied for fifth along with Mitch Privet. 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 Priviter. Uh, nice work, Mitch. Uh, and then on the FPO side, Natalie Ryan bested Alyssa uh, Pearson and Ellen Widboom. Uh, Alyssa and Ellen had tied for second, and Shelby Dutton had finished fourth with Raven Klein finishing fifth. So those were your... We had one more. I missed. It's the 2023 Infinitus Beehive Classic out in West Point, Utah. Get it together. I, I know. It, was, it wasn't It was with all the other ones. I had to scroll up just a little bit because it was a three-day event here. Um, MPO, Matt Bell wins over Eric Oakley and Caleb Kaplan. So congratulations to Matt Bell. And in the FPO, uh, Karina Knowles in a two-woman field beats Ruby Hall. Nice. 
All right. Now I think we've covered at least all A tiers. And and I know, lo and behold, because uh, <laughs> I think we need an official graphic, Johnny. We get a Brian Schweberger 763. I don't know. I can't remember, but I know I'm almost positive he did win. I think I saw a post somewhere. PDJ 12989 got his 372nd win. I remember I bookmarked it last week, so I could have just brought it right up. Well, there you go. So nice work. Schwebby picking up another victory this weekend. We're going to have to stop the Schwebby count for a little while. He's only at 372. I'm, I'm not going to really care that much until he gets about to the 390, 395. Mm. Okay. Then, okay. Well, he took down MP40 this weekend, the Myrtle Beach Disc Golf Championship in MP40. So congrats to you, Schwebby. Dan Hastings will give you your shout out for taking down uh MPO and Debbie Scott was the lone contender in FPO. Mm. Let's pivot for just a second. Does there need to be, and, and this is a, we'll say this is a, I don't want to say a borrowed topic and it's not entirely new. Does there need to be any distinctions or or any clarifications when someone like Debbie this weekend of no fault of her own showed up? She was the only FPO winner or the only FPO player. Does does that matter? No. Uh in any capacity from a from a record keeping perspective. Clearly no. she played, she showed up and she won. You can only beat the people that show up. Does that matter stat-wise? Because then I think of someone like uh, a Schwebby who rarely or probably never is in a single-person situation just because he's played in two of the more popular divisions uh, in in pro, in MPO and MP40. Um, Is there any distinction that ever needs to be made? Is there? I don't think so. Okay. No. And I'm not suggesting there has to be. it, it's, uh, it just it's sometimes a, it feels like things yeah. could feel skewed. I mean, Debbie, Debbie is not running around saying, Hey everyone, suck it. I got my trophy. I beat you all. She, I'm not s- suggesting as much. And I, and I'm, and it's not her fault. Other FPO players aren't showing up. So I'm not, I'm not suggesting it. It's just, that's a common thing that can happen in some of our smaller divisions. And I'm just sure. using that one as an FPO, example. any age restricted, age restricted yeah, division and, and MP 55 or, or MP 60 yeah. or whatever. And no, I, I think you just, uh, th- there is no baseline. A win is a win because would it matter if she came out and shot eight thirty golf or what if she came out and shot ten thirty golf? Yeah. It just, you a win is a win. Congratulations. You get a win. Yeah. There was a little bit of news, PDGA news, not much this week, but there was an update to what they're calling the mid-event suspension and cancellation guidelines policy. Why do we need to bother with that? Something happened this weekend. Where, no, more or less what they're doing is they're they're just updating the manual, and you can go out. It's on the PDGA mm, page. They Some significant changes here that they're talking about is the required threshold for rounds to count as an official round. All common holes are now included in the round as long as at least nine common holes have been played by all players. Mm. The previous policy only allowed rounds to count if they were nine holes, 13, or a full round. So now if it's a 10 hole, you're going to count 10 holes. If it's 11, you'll count all 11. But 
ratings only count if they're 13, 13 holes or more because there's a minimum due to the formula and i think you, there's some spaghetti that has to get thrown against a wall and if it sticks I, i'm not 100 sure exactly how if that it's works. ragu yeah only if it's ragu so interesting and, yep so that's that is the big significant change there's a couple other ones here that says only in extenuating circumstances and with approval from the director of event support a partially completed round may be vacated or considered complete to proceed another round. Because normally the precedent is if you day day one, you get it's canceled, you would normally then the next day you'd finish <sighs> round one. But there are some extenuating circumstances where they could talk to it and say, cool, we're just going to complete round one. Everyone finished. That a has 10 a holes. huge but again, implication. Very rare. They say you, it has to be extenuating circumstances and you have to get the approval from the director of event sport. I don't foresee a seat using this. I do hardly ever. I, I, I think the extenuating when? circumstances. Come on. Tell me, Terry. It's MPO lead final card of any given day goes off at roughly three 30. The, the scenario would be someone's played and, and maybe this consider this fair or not. They go off at three 30 and they've played though. They've played two holes. And at 350, there's there can be no more uh, play for the day. The people that had completed rounds earlier maybe played in a downpour for the entire day for the previous because they started at 11. the the mm. The first F MPO card went out at 11. They played their whole round. They're on they're on whole whether it's 17 or they're done with their round. I don't know which would make for a better case. But anyway, they've played their whole round in a downpour. The the lead card goes off at 3.30. They get two holes in, and then they say, yeah, now there's lightning. Now there's everything else. We're halting it. As of right now, the way the rule stands is that round has to get completed, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the MPO lead card, which has happened as recently as... The next day it would be completed. Exactly. If- the next day they'd have to complete it where they would come out, and they played two holes, and then they would have to play 16 probably in the morning, and then again, 18 again in the afternoon. I'm just thinking of those types of scenarios where, again, fair or not, somebody plays in a downpour for 18 holes, somebody else doesn't even start their round or is three holes in, and then the next day it's gorgeous gorgeous out, and now, but you're playing 34 holes of golf, but you're in gorgeous weather. Like, I I don't know. I'm just thinking of, like, some of those scenarios, because they've always said you must complete. We're not going to cancel out a round. We and, are going to always complete what's been started. So I, I'll be interested to hear where that extenuating circumstance really comes into play and then how it gets applied. I, yeah, I, I don't, again, I don't think we're going to see it hardly at all or hardly ever. But I, I, obviously they have it here for a reason. I worry that this will continue. And we're already playing outdoors, so anything can happen. But I do worry that forecast and then actual weather there's forecast weather and then there's you know realized weather i I worry that that may or may not start to factor in more and more and and here's part of it if you if you cancel out a round like let's just say it's saturday you cancel out round two in in some capacity what happens if round three never even you know gets started what or what happens if all of sunday is terrible as well and then you don't have any golf to rely on. I just, again, it's going to come down to the numbers, holes, common holes played. I like mm-hmm. all of that stuff. I'm, 
I, I kind of, dr- here's what, here's what I'll say. Mark the tape. I dread the day when this comes into play because everybody's going to complain because it's not going to benefit someone. Someone. That's yes. what I dread. And I'll be on the sidelines watching and Chuckling. it will be interesting. Yeah, yeah you will give us something to talk about. Um, obviously, the policy itself, the name has changed. It used to be you know, a, a weather suspension or cancellation. Now it is called the mid-event suspension and cancellation because it can be canceled other things than just weather. Uh, they were saying for flooding, uh, things like you know slicked ground, high winds in woody conditions. There could be there could be know, a, a bomb threat in the area. Correct. I mean, anything there's, could happen. There's a there's a lot of things. Just more or less safety concerns, heat related. Uh, as we see things like uh, someone has a, a, a severe illness, a heart attack, uh, something like that, in the guy, and they need to just call it for now because something happens, or someone gets a disc in the head, as we saw. You know that could have, in theory, depending on the seriousness of it. That could have caused a serious delay more so than it did where you then need to cancel, which is not weather related. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's uh, semantics, but it's there. Yeah. And I think about, uh, you know, I know it's another extreme example. The gentleman that uh, that had gotten shot during an event, you know, oh. last year down in, in Kansas City area. And then you're thinking about, you know, continuing play, not continuing play. What happens the next day? The rounds, the groups there. I mean, there are so many of those scenarios. And like you said, they're so rare, but we we do have to now start accounting for just about anything to happen. So okay, that's uh, that certainly is interesting. Yeah, go ahead if especially if you're a TD, go ahead and look at the 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 thing because they do actually have a uh, a chart out here for number of players remaining and number of holes oh, wow. and approximate time it would take. So you know if if it is five o'clock and you have. 72 players that have yet to play 18 holes. How much time on average is it going to take? Blah, blah, blah. And if a train is leaving Cincinnati at 78 <laughs> miles an hour. Uh, and another, yeah. Yeah. Ah. All right. Well, uh, again, having it in writing, having something that we can specifically go to. Uh, and then the funny part, myself included, will be when one of these does have to get implemented, everybody's like, there should be like a policy for this. And then we're like, no, there is. There like, literally here, is. Here it is. Well, I don't agree with it. Well, too bad. Uh, okay. Uh, a couple other things regarding policy quickly throw out a reminder, uh, just as a regular old PDGA member that I am, uh, make sure you're doing your diligence in terms of the, uh, board of directors, Vote. the voting, uh, the research you want to do. I know Bob West sportsmanship award is being, uh, I think there's some still open uh, nominations that can mm-hmm. happen for that state coordinators, uh, provincial, Providential? Provincial? What's the word? Providences? Providences, but would it be provincial? I don't know what the word is. I'm not smart. Uh, Those people in Canada. Those are nice people in Canada. I'm going to let you hang on that one. Okay, that's fine. Do you know what it is? (laughs) Nope. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So uh, all all of your state coordinators and and things of that nature. So uh, make sure you're getting out to vote. Uh, Luke, who is out on the board, coming in from Australia, uh, maybe one time we can – not one time – uh, maybe we can continue to put out some uh, conversation feelers and offers. And if you want to know more from a board member, I know Luke is uh, generally following along specifically. Uh, maybe there's a few other board members that pay attention to our channel. I, I don't recommend that, but there <laughs> there might be a few others that are out there. There's something else I was going to say right on the edge of all of this. I don't remember what it was, though. So anyway, go out, pdj.com. There's a bunch of info out there. 
That sounds about right. Yeah. I think that's all the news and important news and events and interviews that we have. Other than that, I haven't, I, I've seen one or two little things on social media that I, I got a chuckle out of. Um, I believe it was, uh, it wasn't Joel Freeman. Was it Andrew fish? No, it wasn't fish. So she was talking about PDG related stuff. Correct. No, 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 no. Um, Twitters. Uh, I, I'd have to look I, it. it I can't remember who it is, but there was some discussion about feature cards, and I saw that he had whoever it was had a a full spreadsheet of all the each of the event. Who that was, sounds like Andrew Prez now? Yeah, I think it was Prez. Yeah, he's, he was started Prez. putting that together a year or two ago. Yeah, and he's um, got a list of everyone who's made feature cards and hasn't. And I, I saw the spreadsheet online that he had posted. I just got it, kind of got a chuckle out of that. It seems to be his, and I, I don't, I don't fault him for it. It seems to be his kind of his issue or his hill to die on is. Who gets picked for these cards? Why they get picked? You know, they, it used to be that the pro tour got to pick somebody, the the post production company got to pick someone, the event, and then the sponsor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of interesting now that the post production company, Jomez, usually are, is just the DGPT. So where we used to have two people picked, does Jomez still get a pick? Yeah, or, or do the, does it not matter anymore? And so if not, who gets that extra pick? I, I don't know. Should honestly, it, be me? I, it should be me. No, I'm only going to pick Prez <laughs> constantly. So Presno, you know, That's where it's a good at. call. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't know. I just thought it, I was thinking about that when, when I saw uh Presnell's spreadsheet, I'm like, who gets that other pick? Cause there were discussions on how it gets picked and it's not always the same. It, sh- it shuffles just a little bit. I, I don't know the answer. Mm. Okay. Uh, I do remember the other very important thing that I did want to quickly throw out, and uh, he reached out to me, and we will have him soon. Sooner than later would make sense. Uh, Chuck. Kennedy? Chuck Conley. Oh, nope. Conley. Chuck Conley. Uh, he is the tournament director for this year's United States Women's Disc Golf Championships. He does want to get on here. He wants to talk about it, and we absolutely want to give him the platform for it. Uh, had we not had the timing that we had tonight, it would have been good to have Chuck. So hopefully one of these weeks very soon. So I'm going to also just throw it out there as posted, a reminder that registration for the 2023 U.S. Women's Disc Golf Championship opened at 8 o'clock last night, 8 o'clock Eastern last night, and that registration opens for all divisions, uh, yeah, at 8 o'clock on June 12th. So if you haven't registered, I, now I guess I'd want to take a look. It's taking place September 21st through the 24th. Again, just making sure that everyone knows. I know sometimes people overlook that. People don't, things get lost in the shuffle. It's not a Disc Golf Pro Tour event, but it's a major so sometimes we've had those problems of people not knowing when registration for certain things happen. And then we have petitions and fights and, and qualifiers and we have everything else. So my PSA tonight would be go double check for the 2023 USWDGC. If that's something that interests you, uh, just, just throwing out the reminder or your significant other or whomever, it's out there. And yes, we'll get the tournament director, Chuck. Conley on here at Spike. some point. Spike Heiser. Chuck Conley. Hopefully that makes sense for all of you guys. All right. I think uh, in terms of the regular show, 
If you think we're good, I'm good. I think we're good. I just want to mention, as we don't often do it in the regular show, if you want to support Smashbox TV, you go to patreon.com slash Smashbox TV, and you can be entered into our weekly giveaway, or you go to smashbox.tv slash weekly giveaways, and you can enter in manually every week. That's it. Support us. Or don't. No. Support I, us. I you, don't. You're, you're listening right now. <laughs> if you're hearing this, you should be supporting us. That's I think is a stretch. I don't think so. <laughs> I think I think we should be allowed to force people to support us. Uh, I take people's wallets uh, when they're not looking because they say, listen I, to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they don't let me at the pro tour events anymore. I've been, I've been taking people's money. Speaking of which, when I was in Portland a few weeks ago, this is a quick side tangent. I was getting a sandwich at some sandwich shop that I had just googled. I'm like, I'm going to go find a local sandwich shop, and. It was, and by all means, I'm not looking, I'm not suggesting uh, a pat on the back here, but it was, it was, it was an invigorating feeling when I watched the woman in front of me pay for her sandwich. And then I looked down and when she, I think pulled out her wallet or whatever she pulled out, a $20 bill fell to the ground and she had no, like absolutely no idea it had happened. And of course I immediately tapped her on the shoulder and actually I didn't tap her. I just said, uh, excuse me. Took her a second, and I'm like, "You, you dropped." She's like, <gasps> and like the excitement that was in her, like carried into my excitement. It was, it was just a really weird feeling. Uh, not that, uh, I mean, that was obviously the right thing to do. I'm not suggesting otherwise, <laughs> but it was just a really uh, weird feeling. How exciting it was to be like, "Hey, you dropped that," and she had just no idea whatsoever. So, way to go, good guy. I felt richer because of it. But you weren't. You were twenty. I wasn't. You were twenty dollars poorer than if you would have no. stolen it. <laughs> I don't think I'm. I do not consider myself oh, poor. Yeah, you are twenty dollars poorer. I consider myself <laughs> exactly where I should have been, uh, which is without her twenty dollars. That's where I should have been. I'm just saying, Terry. That's where I remained, and I'm twenty dollars poorer than you could have been. <laughs> uh, no. All right. We're gonna thank Evan Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. Kristen Tatar, again, congratulations for winning yet another another silver event. This Someday weekend. we'll have Kristen Tatar on. She's not so much of a social, yeah, and not a late night person either. So. Yeah. So and and quite frankly, I know if we don't get her this week, there's probably next week. Yeah, I think we've rate. got a few. She, uh, she she knows what she's doing out there. Uh, congrats to all the winners and performers this weekend, wherever you were playing. Uh, we appreciate you guys for joining in. We're going to close out. That was our regular show. Show number 459. For Evan Scott, our champ, Johnny V. I'm the Disc Golf Guy. We'll see you in the after show when you step inside the Smashbox. Thank you to our $2 and above patrons. Your name is listed below in the credits. If you are interested in being listed as a producer in the Smashbox TV credits and supporting this and other fine podcasts, please visit patreon.com slash smashbox TV. 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 